2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. that?
1: That's the second time it's has gone off. Never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those, those, those boys.
3: England defense
0: and the best. John go going for the high ball. Trying to knock it down for help. Dara, go.
4: We're a small country and you listen, we're up against it, but let's not just go along for the sing song every now and again.
0: Who would have thought that when Sweden and Denmark played out a thrilling high score draw during the group stages of Euro 2004? That result could be key to deciding if Martin O'Neill's Ireland could make it through to the second round of, of an inflated European Championships. Twelve years later, I'll explain what I mean, Murph and Richie. Hey and there, Richie. You're How both you, looking lads? confused and bemused. Mm. But it's pretty early in the morning as we record. Maybe that's part of it. But uh, I'm going I'm to draw you into my...
4: Story.
0: Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. No, I'm, I'm already there, Owen. You don't need to convince me. If, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. It's Monday's Irish Times, second captain's Euros podcast. And these rumblings have been going on since the opening game of this group. I actually got a text about it from a friend of a friend who's Italian. And they've become a little more insistent since Italy booked top spot over the weekend. Okay, the question is, we all know about Italy's quality, which, particularly given they're going to drop most of their best players, isn't the quality that it has been at previous tournaments. But their mentality is as strong as ever. That's assuming they really want to win the game, though. Now, will they go all out to knock us out of the competition or will they look at the other team vying for third place in the group and remember what the Swedes did to them all those years ago? A 2-2 draw between Sweden and Denmark in the final group game in the year 2004 would ensure they both went through at the expense of Italy, despite the fact that Italy accumulated five points at that stage.
3: Owen, can I ask you a question? Yeah.
0: What was the final score
3: in the Sweden Denmark game?
0: Final score in the Sweden Denmark game Irf, was a two two draw, which was enough to knock Italy out of the tournament. There was a piece by Marcus Christensen on this in the Guardian recently, and he said that well, this is a few years ago actually, but he was talking about the build up to the game. Tommy Soderberg was the Sweden co manager. He became so angry in the build up that when he was kept being pressed by the Italians, it sounds kept saying, "If we all know you are going to fix this, I mean, it's quite obvious. It's, we what, were it's what in we your would position. do." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and so anyway, eventually Soderberg bangs his uh, table with his hand bangs a fist against his chest and says, we will say it again, we will not make a deal with Denmark. It's about passion and dignity. Lars Lagerbach, Sweden's other manager, said, Machiavelli might have been Italian and Italians might like to think in a Machiavellian way but it would not be possible to play for a 2-2 draw against Denmark. And I don't think it will end 2-2. That's a very unusual result. <laughs> so anyway, finishes 2-2 thanks to an 88th minute equaliser by Sweden's Matthias Johnson. And uh, after the game, uh, the following morning, one Swedish newspaper just had a big 2-2 on the front page with congratulations Italy, you tipped correctly in brackets. <laughs> and uh, another one, enough. the Italians not happy. The Milan's vice president, Adriano Galliani said, we got as many points as the players who are blonde and beautiful, but we are dark and not as beautiful and another kicker came from Offside a very magazine very
3: un-Italian thing to say isn't it? Do you know the Offside of self-esteem issues there that we, I wouldn't have associated with the, with the Italians
0: Offside the Swedish football magazine uh, which is always oh, a big seller over in Sweden did a piece where they revealed a lot of what was said between the players on the pitch all in jest of course oh, but uh, during the warm-up Eric Edmund had asked Daniel Jensen two players on opposite teams should we go for 2-2? to which the Danish defender smiled and said yes why not? Edmund said, OK, you concede first.
3: Here, hold on a second. This is the greatest scandal in football history. Why haven't we heard more about this?
0: During the game, Sweden... Well, they have in Italy, Murph, just nobody else. Everyone else forgot about it after the tournament. Or
3: I think everyone else is like, well, Italians, <laughs> it's, S- this is probably coming.
0: Sweden's Anders Andersen shouted, come on, bloody hell, give us a break now to Thomas Graveson. You'll remember Thomas Graveson, Denmark's play. Mm. Uh, when Sweden were losing 2-1. Graveson said, yes, but you have to at least go forward first. Which, is, in fairness, could be excused as the usual banter between teams. So anyway, that all happened. And of course, this is only relevant if Sweden beat Belgium. And if they do that and we beat Italy, given our head-to-head versus Sweden is level as a draw, it would go down to goal difference and Sweden are currently two goals better off. So realistically, in this scenario I'm talking about here, Italy would have to allow us to win by quite a number of goals, which is probably not going to happen. But hey it's nice to think that it might
3: I, I for one am looking forward to how Martin O'Neill handles the questions from the Italian media what about this 4 nil win you're going to get against Italy <laughs> Martin uh, we'd probably take 4-0 really would we
0: Richie I can see by your facial expression that you're not giving my story much credence so I'm going to ask you instead uh, are you worried about the psychological effect on the Irish team of the oh yeah no I'm forget, forget about this 2-2 thing that was just an, that was just an opener of the battering at the hands of Belgium at the weekend <laughs>
4: I would be yeah more the the performance the the result obviously was awful but the performance in particular it, it's going to undone all the positives that we we thought we picked up from the Sweden game and um, there was pretty much every element of the the performance was, was a concern. Um, we spoke loads beforehand about the possible disharmony in the Belgian squad and are they there for the taking and and all that kind of stuff. But there wasn't at any point in the game where we tested that. Do you know we, we were sitting there going. Individual talent-wise, they wiped the floor with us, obviously. So if, if there are things like the uh, fights amongst the squad and, and in a pressure situation in a game, would that really count and would they crumble? We never, we never put them under pressure. We never put it to them at all. Shane Long was... There were loads of focus on James McCarthy after the game who didn't have a good game again. But Shane Long was isolated up front. And when the ball did get to him, the service wasn't great. But when it did, he kept giving it away. And, and, and it, in a... It, in a game like that, where we playing the way we did the the fellow up front has got to give a huge performance to take the pressure off everyone else, and he didn't he he just didn't so it was uh it was really disappointing. I mean, we we got a we got a we hammer. It.
0: Was that not just on Long's point? I haven't heard that m- made too often. Maybe that's because he's so popular with supporters <laughs> and pundits. Now, people don't like criticizing him. But was that not, was the you did mention he was isolated and also he was getting kicked around quite a bit. W- was that not largely the reason why he didn't play well?
4: Getting kicked around is part of that job. If you're the lone front man, particularly if you're in any way tall, you know, majority of the service to you is going to be probably up in the air um, and numerically you're going to be outnumbered so that you've got to be able to not only accept that you're going to get a kicking but you've got to give a little bit as well and do it in a bit of a discreet way i think anytime the shane tried to do it he kept giving away free kicks it was really naive stuff a lot of the time um but yeah he he, he wasn't great i mean there were so many times he went up to him and, and you just think just 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 hold it up just 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 hold up play like he's really good with the ball over the top when he's running at defence because he's quick. He's quite, he can be quite direct, but the the more subtle stuff or the the, the stuff that takes a bit of thinking like hold up play and, and and winning free kicks when maybe you don't deserve it. Those are the kind of things we needed from him, and he just didn't deliver. It's
0: interesting because those are the kind of things that he feels he's improved on. I saw an interview with him a few weeks back, and he was saying that exactly what you're saying there. He he admitted that the way you describe him was mm. how he was a couple of seasons ago, but he he feels he has improved the hold up play and everything else. But maybe when it was uh, when that is tested in the most demanding arena, the shortcomings are still apparent.
4: Yeah, it just it just didn't happen from the other day. Um, I will say, like the service to him, you're you're so reliant on the quality of the balls that you get from your teammates when you're up front on your own, and it can be infuriating because if it's not if it's not directly to you, I mean, numbers wise, you're at a disadvantage, and if if the ideally you want the ball dropped in short to you perfect scenarios when it's to your feet we just didn't do that yeah. it, a lot of the balls were kind of fight balls and and when it did it, it's kind of that thing of, of getting your body between the defender and the ball and doing it in a way that you're kind of drawing a foul all the time and 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 he, and he just didn't do it he wasn't cute enough um so that every time the ball went up it seemed to come back on us so while we were always going to have less of the ball we we knew that it, it's even if all the Belgians hated each other and stopped talking to each other, we knew they'd keep the ball more than, more than we did. <laughs> but we couldn't afford to give it away as cheaply as we did so often and expect to get something from the game. It was, the, it was a real horrible aspect of our performance. We just couldn't keep the football.
0: You can imagine the Belgians immediately going back to the dressing room and not talking to each other <laughs> and ignoring their manager, but taking their 3-0 <laughs> and being happy Yeah,
3: well, it. yeah. I'm, yeah I, I'm not entirely sure they're going to go out and win the tournament. I'm, I'm still not entirely convinced with the team spirit. But we may have done them a massive favour in that respect. This
0: naivety, it's funny that you mention it in relation to long because it's come up time and time again in the couple of days since the game that James McCarthy should have Taken out uh, De Browner for the first goal. That I know, Ken thinks Kieran Clark should have taken Hazard out for the for the third goal on the breakaway. And I actually think he he did try to take him out. I just think he <laughs> <Missed>. <laughs> I think he tried to take him out with the ball and missed both of them. But uh, you know, it's it's a fair point. And you're saying it. with long as I'm amazed, how can we go to a major tournament and be so naive like these guys all play? And and you know, this is where it shouldn't matter whether you're playing Champions League football or whether you're with the best Premier League clubs, the kind of stuff you're talking about, the little bits of skulduggery and and cuteness, should be as apparent in the Championship and the Premiership as any other top league. So why did we seem to lack, and we seem to be playing this fair and honest game when
4: they were kicking us in the head and avoiding penalties? I remember after the Scotland home game, I think, in the qualifiers, O'Neill was having a bit of gripe in the post-match press conference that I think it one of the Scotland players, it might have been Naismith or something, he was giving out that oh, he was trying to influence the referee or trying to control things or who's in his ear. And the more he talked, you're kind of sitting there going, well, that's, that's, why why haven't we got a player like that? Where, where's our player who can try and manipulate the referee or trying to be a little bit cute or a bit of gamesmanship? All the stuff that, mm. that, 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 that sometimes people get sick for doing, but the stuff that's <laughs> absolutely required in a real... Benefit of your players in the team to do. It. We didn't. It was Robbie, I suppose, when he was at his best, wasn't it? I mean, well, he, Robbie certainly used to get out to the ref a lot.
3: It was more yeah. kind of flailing his arms in the direction of the referee from thirty yards away, as opposed to mm. the constant, just like as you're running past the referee, having a word with him. I and think that's the, the that's what we're talking about the flyer rather than the more sort of <laughs> flamboyant gestures of uh, frustration
4: and and the naivety as well in this. Obviously, you have to attack. You have to. At some point, you, you have to get people forward, and you have to be a goal threat. And there was times in the game, particularly after going one 0 down, that we know we needed to do that, but we didn't do it without looking completely open at the back. So it it was it was just really disappointing. It, it was, it's kind of hard to sit here and look ahead to the Italy game, and 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 even doesn't matter how many changes Italy are are, are going to do or what we think their frame of mind is going to be. It's kind of hard to think of too many reasons that we'll go and and get a barnstorming win from that one. So how uh, you're obviously downbeat about it as we all are. How yeah.
0: uh, are, are you even putting the performance against Sweden into a different light in retrospect?
4: No, I think that the. the, the Everything we said about that Sweden game and that performance uh, uh, still stands. I think that the, the biggest thing about that was the, the failure to get three points from such an advantageous position, particularly in our performance to create the chances we did. And there was always that sense where you think you are looking ahead to two games: Belgium and Italy was the Sweden when we needed the three points. And listen, we can obviously we can go and we can we can beat the Italians and finishing on four points should be enough. But it was. Uh, it was a very naive performance. It was a very poor performance against Belgium um, and we were absolutely got what we deserved. We didn't deserve to get anything out of that game.
0: The Albania results, their win last night was good news for us. Mm. It means that that's one group already where the third place team has finished on three points and there could be another one tonight depending on what happens in the England and Wales game. So hopefully four would be enough at getting them, uh, getting those three against Italy. That's <laughs> the <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's it's
4: permutations th- are great. Uh, you know. Great yeah, to look at. I think maybe we'd, we'd learn from mistakes from the, the build-up to the Belgian game. Instead of focusing on all the the, the, the the behavior of other people or the, the weaknesses of other people or the, the 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 benefits of other groups finishing with less than 4 points in their position we need to start talking about what we need to do to get the 3 point points and that's where the conversation gets a bit hairy right let's have that conversation with Ken and Barry
1: take the applause of that crowd. Yes! Shane against
0: can you think we can shed the naivety that rich talks about in time to become Grizzled masters of gamesmanship for Wednesday night
2: um, no I wouldn't say so um, do you agree I think you we were naive't uh, yeah I mean like the kind of stuff that was happening to Shane long and this point has been made by several people and it's, it's true I mean I, I heard what Richie was saying and I agree that that uh, he didn't play that well um, you know there were a lot of miscontrols. Um, heavy touches, uh, he didn't really hold the ball up that well, but he was getting abused, Owen, oh, he was getting abused. And when your teammate gets abused, what should you do? Stand by and, and with your hands in your pockets and, and staring at the ground and saying, oh, well, you know, i bit of a saying about that. Or should you get up and tell the referee that my teammate is being abused?
0: Well, Hello? I mean, it's, no, it's a lot. I know we're hearing you, Ken. We're hearing you loud and clear. But it, was, it was such a rhetorical question that I, I didn't realise it needed it. Yeah, I didn't, oh, know, you I didn't know, know what it we I meant to, I just
2: wanted to know because it doesn't seem to be something that's, that's immediately obvious to the Irish football players. Right, yeah. I wondered if maybe, if maybe people in Ireland have a, have a sort of an omerta policy on this, on abuse, if people maybe don't say anything about it. You know, because I think maybe it's important sometimes to point it out to the authorities. Hang on. Hang on, this isn't right. You know, we you need to do something about this, and I I didn't feel we did that. I felt if it was uh, an Italian player on the end of that kind of treatment, it would, there would have been a scrum around the referee. It would have been like Ronaldo had had uh, had walked through an airport, and everyone was surrounding him. You know, that that's that's what would have been happening. But with Ireland, you know, for some reason, nobody really uh, nobody really wanted to say anything, and uh, that's definitely an element of naivety. I mean, Roy Keane. Would have been pretty angry watching that. I think, um, you know, Roy Keane. It's kind of like Roy Keane was one of those players who felt that it was important to talk to the referee during the game. Uh, you know, especially if he thought maybe he wasn't, he was getting some things wrong, just to give him a bit of help. You know, everyone just wants the referee to to do a good job, and uh, and Ireland didn't really do that. But you know, I don't really feel as though it's something that um, something that you learn in you know seventy two hours or whatever it is. Uh, either you either you know how to play that way, or you don't. I mean, I just I just worry that maybe someone will go barging at the referee, scream at him, and, and get a red card for you know a particularly appalling piece of dissent. I mean, that's I'd almost be more worried about that at this stage.
0: You're not just talking about haranguing their free, though, Richie. Are you? You're talking about Long taking care of himself a little bit
4: with a few tasty little sharpened elbows, etc. I, it's just I don't like the, when the starting point of a conversation and loads of people have done it over the weekend is to say oh no well, she, he kept getting fouled or they roughed him up or whatever I Go well, but sorry you're, you're, you're the lone striker you're 6 foot plus that's that's
2: he's not your 6 g-. foot plus he's, he's small Shane Long is small he's only 5'10 at most. is that all he is? Just, he's about the same size as Owen although he's got big muscles to be fair <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks this, for the clarification how did there, how did uh, this happen? Is Shane Long not tall? <laughs> no he's not you can just jump high. He's, he's, got like a, a he's, he's
0: just got an amazing spring. Ah, I'm, I'm looking at Shane Long height here, but it's coming up in metres. has it? We're looking about 5'11", five, five according to the most uh, the most up-to-date. No, then I'm seeing five nine elsewhere. So, you know, let's I'd just say, say he's, 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 he's under six foot anyway.
4: Right, well, he did... Yeah, yeah. but he's
0: still a big physical striker. Yeah, though, that's so mean, like he, point he, he, remains I he, mean.
4: He's still someone that it is going to get a lot of balls in the air towards him, particularly in the position <laughs> he's playing in. And, and, and he just didn't cope with it. He didn't deal with it. And there was loads of times where he... He, uh, as, as Ken said, like his his touch was just was so bad. And that was the frustrating things because there's loads of stuff that we, it, if the, the, the players of Belgium were to do certain things because of the talent and, and in, certain, in certain examples, the pace that they've got, there's, there's very little we can do in response. But when the ball goes up to your striker and he's favoured to get the ball and he gets at the ball first and he cheaply gives it away, you just think, right, this is a tough day and it's going to be made, Really, really more difficult by this kind of carry-on. And it just—it was a pattern of the game.
2: Yeah. Well I, well, I was wondering, um and this is not something I've ever thought watching an early game before, but I thought, is Theron Murphy the man we mm. should be having? We should be calling onto the field at this stage. If this is what we're going to do, if we can't get the ball forward by any other means, um, then surely it makes sense at least to have a big striker who can fight for these long balls. And Shane Long can scuttle around. It gives the defenders something else to worry about. I mean, it's not as, it's not as though we're going to play it through the midfield here. You know, that's 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 clearly not going to happen. So maybe uh, maybe Murphy, uh, maybe that would have been a game for Murphy, not because he would have scored, just because he would have he would have helped the team the way that the the way that the game was set up. Maybe uh, maybe a player of that kind is what we needed, but evidently. Warren O'Neill didn't um, didn't think he could add anything at that
4: point I do think you're you're right Murphy probably would have been better suited to playing the type given the type of performance if it's just a bit of battle and 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 making himself awkward and and taking a little bit of pressure off the the midfield but he offers so little quality in, in which is not to say about a striker kind of as a goal threat um, that mm. I, it would be really. Sorry, state if we were getting the team sheet there at the weekend and Murphy was ahead of long because I don't think in that team there would have been. I
2: don't mean ahead of long, I mean
4: with long. Yeah, I don't think there's room for both of them because if, if we're going to do two men up front against Belgium, I think you'd leave yourself wide open well, in midfield. I mean,
2: what, 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 we, what, we, what we have been doing a lot is playing two men up front. I mean, in the form of well, kind of one and a half in the form of John Walters, you know, he's usually in the team. And what we've been doing quite a lot is playing a kind of diamond midfield with John Walters as a sort of a guy who does a lot of movement between the midfield and forward areas. But you know, he is often a, there as a striker. I mean, I don't see why Long couldn't have done that. Um, so, you know, couldn't, couldn't have been moved into the sort of role Walters was uh, was doing. And uh, and Murphy. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, Darren Murphy. If Darren Murphy had been playing it all, would have been different. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. And that's none what, none I've, none that's really, what
4: I've taken from this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none, I think
2: I think there's every chance star Murphy might be playing on Wednesday. Well, yeah, yeah. If we'll he's get, fit. If, I mean, I don't think Walters is going to be, and uh, you know, I think he's going to make some changes. I mean, I think Clark will probably come out of the team. I think McCarthy might might come out of the team. You know, after a performance like that, after two performances like he's given, how can you pick him? You know, um, uh, and and the fact is that the the sort of one man up front didn't really work. Uh, it looked as though we needed a little bit more of a threat. I mean, it looked like as though we needed someone a little bit further forward. I mean, Wes Houlihan was, you know, didn't even have a good game. You know, he's like our best player. I mean, Wes Houlihan, I mean, there was a couple of moments when he had chances to do something and he just didn't, didn't pull it off. You know what I mean? There was most obviously the one where Brady intercepted the ball, gave it to Houlihan and Hendrick was going to be in. All Houlihan had to do was pass it to him and he just, delayed just a fraction of a second and and that was it but I feel maybe as though uh, he's got more of a chance of actually getting on the ball and doing something if there are more men ahead of him rather than if he's just playing off the striker as he was against um, uh, Belgium
0: Yeah there's uh, I would say if L'Equipe were picking the team they would make wholesale changes They're, not one player got a ranking of above 4 out of 10 for this game yeah. oh, Stephen Ward got 2 I don't know how they picked Ward out to get 2 and a lot of others got 3 Randolph O'Shea and Long were joint performers of the match for Ireland. Ken, on four out of ten.
2: Well, I would agree that O'Shea. I think O'Shea was our best player. Um, I don't see why Randolph necessarily deserves to be in the same bracket I he of. I thought his I
3: actually thought Randolph's use of the ball was very poor. You know, he like you, you don't see that many keepers now just constantly hoof the ball. Like he he didn't pass the ball short once. I'd say in the entire game, and it actually got kind yeah. of frustrating because I mean. You know, if there's a pass on, you know, the the way the game was going, there were enough of our players hoofing the ball to Shane Long. We definitely didn't need our keeper kicking the ball 70 yards to Shane Long. Whatever chance Long had of controlling a pass of 35 or 40 yards length, he definitely wasn't going to win one of 70 yards in length.
2: Yeah, well, um, I mean, I suppose Randolph, maybe maybe Randolph was getting that sort of instruction from mm. his defenders, you know, please don't give me the ball.
4: <laughs> just I, I assume, energy. yeah, whether th- th- that could have been an instruction from the manager beforehand, but the way the game was going, we were so poor on the ball. Like I think O'Neill used the, the term, he said, we, we were a bit nervous on the ball throughout the game. We just so often just didn't, and we've had this before in tournaments, and, and, I, and I don't really know why we should expect a huge change, but with the, when, when we're up against teams who play football, and if a game... Requires someone to take this thing out of it, or slow it down, or to, to to dictate the tempo, or to 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 keep the ball for any prolonged period of time. We just don't do that. But we
0: did against Germany. We did it. We, we did We did it briefly.
4: I, that there was times in the second half where we did do it. And I'm not trying to say that uh,
0: you know, of course, Germany had chance in that game and, and, and had more possession. Yeah. But we did have times when, and it's not even just it's not even just passing the ball around. It seemed like every pass was uh a chore for the Irish team it was hard to string 2 or 3 together but even those moments that it's usually in fairness hulen who provides them where he just gets in the ball and even does a little pirouette and run and keeps it for 5 or 6 or 10 seconds mm. uh, he did do that a few times against germany and against okay sweden are in fair position if you can do it against germany though why not against belgium
4: I, I think sometimes it's not always down to the opposition like it doesn't necessarily follow that just because you can do it against Germany, you can do it against anyone we were, whether it was a frame of mind thing or whether it was just collectively everyone had this sense of nervousness or fear or what I don't know, but the performance overall was was so lacking in any kind of that kind of experience figure or or yeah the ability to keep the ball to string a load of passes together we 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 just didn't do that at all it was all get it forward along. long, usually give it away cheaply and spend a huge amount of energy trying to cover midfield area or watch their runners to the point that when we did win it back, we didn't go from that kind of, the pace, that frantic pace where everyone's at when you're trying to close people down and win the ball back to the win it back and then slowing it down and go, OK, right, complete shift of gear here. We've got the ball. We can be a bit more controlled here. Slow it down. We, we didn't do that. When we got it, it was all still frantic mm. and we weren't good enough to keep the ball in in. in Pressurised position, so we just gave it back, and this is the pattern throughout the game.
0: Gary Doyle, Ken, a journalist we know, is tweeting saying that there will be wholesale changes. He says Kyo, Murphy, Quinn, and McLean, uh, he believes, are are coming in. Clark, McCarthy, Long, and Houlihan set to miss out. Well, that that would be pretty severe. (laughs) You, You don't sound like you'd like those changes if they were to come to pass.
2: Oh, well, I mean, I mean, I really? just think that's stupid. You know, if if we do that, then it's like, all oh, right, well, let's just you know, let's just pack up. Can we just not play the game? Because uh, what I would what I would agree, Clark and McCarthy should come out of the team at this stage because you know, they played so badly that other players who were there didn't now deserve to play. It's like they've had two chances. They actually played worse the second time than the first. I mean, uh, Clark actually didn't play that badly the first time. I thought he was okay, but the second, you know, second game wasn't good. Um, McCarthy, the second game was even worse than an already bad first game. Okay, they, they should they should come out. Uh, Kyo and Quinn, I think that's fair enough. Um, McLean, you know, what's the point of playing McLean like in the European Championship? <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, I just don't really. I,
2: I, I mean, I, I just don't. You know, are you, would you rather have James McLean or, or Wes Hillen in your team?
0: I'd rather have, probably have Wes, yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, and Daryl Murphy for long. I mean, that that makes no sense to me. Why would you play Daryl Murphy by himself? He's not going to, you know... I, I sit here and say he's not going to score. And I hope, that I'm, I hope that I'm tenting fate. I hope that just to punish me, he scores three goals. But I just don't see that happening, really. I, don't, I just don't see Daryl Murphy, a player who's never scored in, what, 20 or 21 games... I just don't don't think the blame is a lone striker against Italy. He's gonna be much of a goal threat. Who's gonna score on that team? It's not like long is really a massive goal scorer, but surely if there are two strikers, you've got more of a chance. <sighs> I don't know. I mean that, that would that would just seem bizarre if if, if
4: that was to happen. So that team is, is is according to Gary Doyle, that would be Murphy up front with McLean either as a supporting striker or the what would that be? No, yeah, no, it's, no, it's, no. it's, <laughs> it's crazy. He, like
0: McClane is yeah. a striker; it's stupid. Although he has been deployed there more and more in the yeah, last know, few but months, he's, not,
2: I mean, he, he's, he's no good.
0: No, he's actually, actually done okay there. I've thought in friendlies in his in, in his in his, he's, in his he's direct no good. in his direct no football kind know of way. What he's doing. This is this is stupid.
2: Why are we? Why, why do we decide to play someone as a striker who isn't a striker in a European championship? Well, we don't know. We don't know if that is
0: the case at all. I mean, this it could be more of a 4, three, three, that's, that's four five If one. that was
2: the team, I swear, I'd walk out of the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. Uh, I think. What might? I mean, what I would like to see happen is is for uh, Robbie Brady to go back to the left back. Mm-hmm. Um, which would mean Stephen Ward coming out of the team I'm, I, don't, I don't I'm not saying this because I want Robbie Brady to play left back I wish Robbie Brady could play in midfield. I wish we had more than one Robbie Brady but of course we only have one um, and in order to reshape the team, I would say if Brady could play left back if Murphy could come in I mean'm you know I would actually play Murphy in this game, but I don't think there's any point in in um, bringing on bringing James McLean into the team taking Wes Holand out of the team that's just why? Why would you do that? That would—that's crazy. Like, unless unless Wes is injured, maybe he is. I don't know, but I could, I could that would just be nuts. Like, mm. I can't—I can't—cannot fathom the thinking behind that.
0: Can you track down? Maybe and, hopefully, yeah. hopefully
2: O'Neill is doing a Vilmots on it. You know, Vilmos was—I mean, I was talking to these Belgian uh, journalists on—you uh, know—the day before the the game, they were all telling me Kevin De Brown is out of the team. Mm. I was thinking, this is this is fantastic. I can't, believe, I can't believe it, but like what, you know, what an idiot Vilma says. Of course, Vilma then comes in afterwards. Everyone's like, "That, that was actually Aston's post-match press We thought that Lukaku and Taberno were coming into the team. They both played. What was all that?" He said, like, "Yeah, I bluffed. I bluffed." Uh, so maybe there's a bit
4: of a bluff going on here. It kind of does, it it does highlight though that the, the lack of depth in that Irish squad. Um, like in the game the other day we needed to change things up like Robbie was brought on McGeady was brought on and we're sitting here thinking like Shane Long is not really having a a good game or if if you're thinking of changing Shane Long like our go-to man is Daryl Murphy Um, and then you know I assume Robbie will will retire in the summer don't know how long Murphy will will give it and then you look at the the players coming through like this is it's a fairly a, yeah, say, the bigger picture say, conversation is it's fairly worrying Yeah I'm sure we're going to be Having that one again that, and, that's, we, uh, and that's going to come up It came up after the last year Not also. if
0: we beat Italy Richie Then everything that's being done In Irish football is correct yeah, you see, you the see That's week. the thing As I, soon
4: as qualification Was achieved yeah. It's like okay right We don't have to talk About the big stuff <laughs> About the, the, all the big elephant In the room We'll leave it all mm. Because we're going to have A party for a few weeks Can you track well, down look, Yeah
2: you know, We, we could beat be Italy Who knows This could happen of course good. This is it this is it this is the only thing that we're forgetting in this kind of do me conversation. It's that all we need to do is beat a totally disinterested Italian team for whom this game is nothing more than a pointless exhibition in the middle of a tournament. And we're in the next round. Well, almost certainly in the next round depending on other results, but we've got a really good chance of being in the next round. All we need to do is is beat Italy. Um you know, it's I don't think this is this is impossible by any means.
0: You tracked down a friend of the show to talk to talk about that game?
2: Yeah, I actually went uh I hunted down I was hunting big game. I hunted down Gabriel <laughs> Mercati. I tracked him to an apartment just north of the uh, Arc de Triomphe.
3: Pinned him in there.
2: Yeah, actually he, he told me um he, he told me to knock three times, pause and knock once more. I was like what what is he going <laughs> to do that? But I did it anyway. And uh when I came, when I went in, he was laughing at me, saying, oh, you know, you're such a moron." And I was like, "What?" Well, like, I mean, obviously, if you if you, you tell me to do it, like, I'm going to do it. I thought it was weird, but like, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, I don't think you get to laugh at me now because <laughs> I fell from, because you gave me a stupid instruction which I which I carried out, thinking it was strange, but doing it anyway. I mean, this is you know, I don't like being a Buddha. this joke, and I don't think it's a very good joke. But we good start. Uh, we talked a little bit about the um, Ireland Italy. So I think it took one game. Uh, For Italy to go from being considered outsiders, you know, a team of kind of not famous outside Italy players uh, to among the hottest favorites for this competition. You were at that game, Italy against Belgium. How good a performance really was it?
1: It's funny when you say not famous outside Italy players because, of course, Giacchardini played in the Premier League and what could be bigger than the Premier League? Graziano Pellè still plays in the Premier League, and what could be bigger than Premier League?
2: Well, I mean, they're not famous in the Premier League. They're known. World
1: Cup. How many World Cups have you won? They're known, but
2: they're not what Giovanni Trapattoni would call the famous players. The yes. famous, the famous player. We like the creative, we like the fantasy, we like the famous player. Graziano Pellè and Giaccarini are not in that category of player.
1: Darmian plays for Manchester United. That's mm. the biggest football team, most famous football team in the world, right? Mm. Mm. Now, I'm I'm kidding. I, I'm one of the people who said that uh, this was the least talented Italy side, and. More than 50 years. And, you know, two victories later, I, I still stand by that. You know, they're not, they are not a gifted, a gifted side in midfield and an attack. They're a side that um, is very well set up. They've got players who are very good at following instructions and they have a very good game plan. When you play against a bad coach, like they did against Mark Vilmont, they were able to execute and they were able to. To take advantage of that, but I think already in the second game against Sweden, you know, you saw what this what this lack of quality can do. Uh, You know, Eric Cameron isn't the second coming, but he's he's much he's a much better, much more organized coach than um, than Vilmots. Mm. Vilmots
2: at least was impressed by it because he talked a lot about them before the Ireland's Belgium game. The word that he kept using was "grinta," um, meaning fouling as far as I can see, meaning, uh, you know, the three yellow cards that Italy picked up uh, stopping Belgian counterattacks, that still seems to be a core Italian
1: strength. Well, grinta actually means sort of grit and spirit, what the Spanish call garra, You know, it's it's seen as a positive. It's what Roy Keane radiates. Um, The yellow cards were, were cynical. They were probably necessary. I mean, and I think... Certainly two of them did stop counterattacks, one was in the Belgian half. Um but one and one of them, Kilini's one, was because he foolishly ran up the length of the pitch with the ball, lost it, and then and then freaked out and, and fouled somebody, which is which sort of goes to show that I think even where Italy are strongest at the back, um there are still there are still flaws. Of course, all of this might be a moot point vis a vis the Ireland game if as expected he goes and it <laughs> makes a whole bunch of changes. So how, how do you think Italy are going to be feeling about that game?
2: I mean, they've got, you know, it, it looks as though it, maybe it's going to be Croatia uh, in the next round. I mean, we don't know yet how it's going to play out. We will, I suppose, by the time we play that game. But a game that Italy don't have to win, they can't, they, they can only finish first. The game is of literally no consequence to them except how it might affect injuries and bookings. How does that change their uh, feeling about the game?
1: Well, I think, as you said, you want to avoid injuries. And the way you avoid injuries is by giving players a rest and not playing the guys you think might get injured. And the way you avoid suspensions is not playing the guys who are on a booking. Um, You know, in some ways it's a bit of a curse because I think Italy's sort of projected run, if well, not if they advance, I mean they will advance, but is Croatia and then Germany. Uh, which in some ways isn't so bad because it means that if we can get by Croatia, it's, it's a guaranteed semi-final because, as I love reminding everybody, of course, Germany have never, ever, ever in the history of the universe beaten Italy in a competitive game, and I think it's pretty much guaranteed that if they face Italy in the quarterfinals that you know, they won't. There's a greater, far greater chance of Italy being knocked out by Croatia than there is by Germany. Yeah. Well, what about
2: the chances of them actually losing to Ireland? I mean, the fact that they struggled against Sweden has to be a little bit promising, at least from Ireland's point of view. Sweden, I guess, are are more similar to Ireland than they are to Belgium. I mean, Belgium had a lot of, you know, a lot of attacking qualities. Uh, Sweden, not really so much. And yet Italy, you know, Sweden were in the game right until the end. So what went wrong for for the Italians that day? Why couldn't they get through, you know, why, why was it such a difficult game for them?
1: I think they were just too freaked out by 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 Slotin. I think they gave him too much respect, um, and I think attacking-wise, they sort of found their level. You know, if you're an average player, I, I think you know you can get g'd up and follow instructions and have all the and have all the passion and the intensity, but you can't necessarily do it every single game. And I think you know that that's where quality makes a difference. And I think they pay the price now. I think the good news for, for Ireland is that, A, I think Ireland have a better coach than what Italy have faced thus far, and, and I think he'll be better prepared for what Conte throws at him. Um, but I think the other bonus is that I expect a lot of changes to this team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sirigu plays in goal. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Chiellini and Bonucci both sit this one out. De Rossi as well because he's not getting any younger. Candreva, who has a knock, um, is also definitely out. I, you know, people say there could be as many as nine changes. I think, you know, they mean it. I, I wouldn't be surprised actually if there's a change of formation as well. Mm. This is not. Conte's is very jealous about his tactics. He's gone so far as to, he's actually banned members of his staff from coming and witnessing his. Uh, um, staff. From his own of his own staff, yeah, from the Italian <laughs> FA, from from witnessing some of his uh, his tactical sessions. Because he thinks they talk too much? He just doesn't want to take any chances. I think he, he you know, information is on a need-to-know basis. And I think what freaks him out... Is everything, by the looks of it. <laughs> yeah, part of it. It's, he said, he said, it's not so much that people know what the lineup is, it's that they'll know what formation Italy are going to play. Because obviously you've got extremely versatile players, mm. tactically. Um, now, it's also a little bit ironic, because, you know... Even if he'd invited Vilmots along to training sessions, that guy wouldn't have not known what to do with it. Mm. But obviously, Martin O'Neill is is a different kettle of fish, and and I think that is somebody you want to keep guessing because he will keep guessing and he will try to prepare. But I I wouldn't be surprised if if Italy switched to a four, for example, um, at the back, simply because there are no centre backs apart from the three who played and and Angelo Bonna. so. Playing a back three is is not. I, I don't think is really an option when, when two of those three guys are missing.
2: So talk to us then about some of the kind of second rank guys who you know you would expect to come in. I mean, if it's, it sounds like a very different Italy team, we're likely to see a different Italy team from what we've seen so far. So what will this other team look like?
1: Well, I think you'll see the two reserve strikers. Um, I would expect them to play uh, Ciro Immobile, Immobile who. Is possibly Italy's best striker, although not much to to write home about. Coming off, uh, he he had a horrendous season um, when he when he moved to uh, Borussia Dortmund two years ago, and then he he was in Seville where for six months where he wasn't much better, and came back to Italy played for Torino scored a few goals. He's He's a fairly physical mm. striker. He likes a bit of
2: quality. I mean, he, he actually reminds me a little bit of Shane Long in a way. I mean, similar sort of...
1: Shane Long? Maybe. I, I, you're not... No, you're, uh, to be fair, I you're, you're not far off. He, he works hard. He runs. He's strong. Um, but, you know, he's... Yeah, we're, we're not talking about high-quality strikers here. Mm. Um, Simone Zaza, in some ways, is the same way. Mm. Um another striker who, you know, he's not going to be mistaken for Romario anytime soon, but but they're going to work hard and they're going to make their runs in the channels and they're going to press. And the, In some ways, Italy will have more quality, I think, because probably Italy's two most talented attacking players will get a, a shot. I'm talking about Bernardeschi from, from Fiorentina, who I don't know if he's going to play centrally or wide, but he's He's a tricky dribbler. He's a good passer. He's a good cre- decent creator, but totally inexperienced internationally. And the other one, Lorenzo Insigne from, uh, uh, from Napoli. Um, again, he does have quality. He had loads of assists last year. It's easier to get assists when you're, you're passing the ball to Fernando Higuain. Um, but again, not, probably not the most, um, not the quickest and not the most mobile player or hard-working player. So I think it'll it'll be fairly unconte like team, I would expect.
2: Do you share that uh, or agree with this idea that Arsene Wenger has been putting about recently that Europe doesn't produce strikers anymore? I mean look around the tournament, England seemed to have a plethora of them. And there's not too many of them elsewhere. I mean Portugal have don't have anybody. You know, uh Italy you've been mentioning some some these guys wouldn't have got into past Italian squads. Morata is finally coming through for Spain, but they've been a long time dead one. Germany don't have one.
1: What do you think is going on? I think it's something Wenger. Wenger said. I think originally it was to answer a direct question, and then it kind of. He has said
2: it a couple of times, so maybe he maybe he no, liked the idea once it came out of his mouth. Yeah,
1: that's quite a good idea. I think that's exactly it. And then he tried. Then he went for supporting evidence. I mean, yeah, you mentioned England have a ton of strikers. Mm. Belgium have some pretty good strikers too. Um, you know, you, you, you look around, you know, people like, like Lacazette in France, he's not, he's not at the tournament, but he's not a bad striker. Um, I think there's an obvious dearth of center forward types in, in Germany, um, but, you know, but, but even Spain, I mean, you know, Morata's still relatively young, but, you know, we, who knows where he's going, That that, that Lewandowski guy is for Poland, is he seems pretty good, right? So I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those kind of overarching concepts that I, I'm not sure would require, I think, some serious some serious thought.
2: Do you think Italy would care at all about losing this game? I mean, is it is it is, this, is it a question that you know they might say, well, you know, we are Italy, um, you know, we don't we don't like to lose games, we don't, or is it a case of we are Italy, we only care about? games that actually matter this game doesn't matter and also if Sweden get knocked out you know does that really matter either given what happened a few years ago what was their chance 2-2 Chavitalia will the shoes on the other foot now
1: oh, the, you're talking about the Giants stitch up in 2004
2: well the, the giant stitch up which is one of the craziest games I've ever seen with rain pelting down and ridiculous goals being scored at amazing times and it somehow ended up being exactly the result that it needed to be to knock Italy out
1: and somehow the shortest odds ever on a 2 true draw in the history of William Hill. You can go look that up. Mm. Um, but, of course, now because they don't do these things. Um, yeah, I, I think as far as the players are concerned, I can tell you Conte cares. He didn't care about the win. He cares about execution. Um, if the players go out there and lose, but they execute the way he wants them to, then he's not going to care if they lose. If they win and you know they didn't make a huge deal out of this, but I know for a fact he, he kind of had to go behind closed doors for the performance against Sweden. Mm. So you know Kunt is not just about not just about results what form, what form does it
2: take behind closed doors because I've seen him on the sideline and he screams things like "I will kill you at players who, who he thinks have been slightly out of position in defense. So when he gets them in the privacy of you know, the dressing room environment, what happens to them then?
1: He is, He's very intense by all accounts. I, I don't think it's a... I mean, the, the popular narrative about what happened, and this might be a clue for Chelsea fans, about, you know, he leaves Juventus after three years and then all of a sudden they come within 90 minutes of winning the treble. People have said that it's because the players, the veteran players, simply got tired of this madman shouting and, and stuff like that. I think it's indicative, too, you know, he didn't take Italy's best players to the Euros. He took the players who he thought were most likely to follow his instructions. Well, who,
2: which players are you talking about being left, left out?
1: I mean, off the top of my head, you know, a guy like Berardi, for example, is a much more talented striker. He's going to have a great season mm-hmm. than than any of the four that the, that Italy took. Um, you know, Giacomo Bonaventura for Milan, right. I thought, was deserving to go. He's, been, he's obviously been unlucky too in the fact that you know he set up to play a certain way and then he lost two of his you know probably two of Italy's four best players for and Marquisio. Right. Um But there is a sense in Italy that you know he can he can act like this because he has more of the worker be drone type players. Um, but I guarantee I, I bet you I don't know actually. I'd be curious to know if he shouts at De Rossi hmm. the way he would go and shout at, you know, some schlub, like, like Marco Parola, for example. Because
2: De Rossi wouldn't take it?
1: Because De Rossi's De Rossi. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when he come, when he goes to Chelsea is, you know, can you go and treat, you know, Eden Hazard or Cesc Fabregas the way you treat these other guys? Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that's a... that's a question that, you know, Will need to be answered. Yeah.
2: Just uh, lastly, how do you think it's going to go? Uh, glorious Irish victory, Irish Italian friendship, both uh, going into the second round of Euro 2016.
1: I don't know what condition are, are Ireland in. I, I didn't pretty get, bad. I <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. I didn't. I only had an eye on the Belgium game. Um, I did get the impression that once Belgium scored, Ireland had no answers. Is that about right?
2: Once uh, Belgium scored, Ireland were having to attack against the best counter-attacking players in the Premier League. It wasn't uh, a pretty sight. It was, it was bad. could have been a penalty the other way just before the goal. didn't go that way. So, uh,
1: yeah, the boot to the head, as I saw The <laughs> yeah. boot to the head is usually a penalty. Yeah? It's funny, though, because I guess the other thing about these Euros is I was thinking of, like, sort of bad refereeing decisions. Mm. There was that, and then there was the one in the Wales game. Um, against Slovakia but I don't think I think in general it's actually been pretty good we're not really going and, yeah. and talking about referees which is probably a good thing yeah. um, but that's the problem when you set up to play that way uh, then on the counter you know you look like a genius you know you're like "Whoa, Michael O'Neill look brilliant but then you know if the other team by chance scores in the first minute yeah. you know you, you have a problem um, but I, I don't Unless I think fortuitous happen and, and, and Italy score initially, I think Ireland can happily go with with that sort of more defensive game plan. Maybe, Try to score in the 89th. You know I mean? Well, maybe listen up to see what's happening in the other game. No, um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if
2: it's a draw, it's a draw. Unfortunately, it's two
1: points. So uh,
2: two points is is not really going to be good enough.
1: Two points, yeah. It's, um, you know, and then... And, and and then hit the gas. Obviously, the best scenario for Ireland, I would assume, is taking a lead and then defending it. Yeah, um, which is generally a good scenario for uh, for, for anybody. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I don't know. I, again, there's so many variants too. I you know I don't think Italy set peace defense with City going goal, which appears likely, and um, and Chiellini and Bonucci out. I don't think that's gonna be that's gonna be as good. Um, I think if Italy play it back four, you know, it creates more opportunity. So you know, you wanna be cautious, but I think if you're an Ireland fan, you would put your faith in Martin O'Neill that he's prepared this team properly and that, you know, maybe put a bit of a muzzle on the other guy. And you know, and, and know that you know and approach it in the right way. It can also mean that you know, least B team, so to speak, go on the pitch with no real pressure and, you know, yes, yes. and show their quality as a result. You know, these aren't horrendous players. They're just not generally world class players, not yet, anyway. Owen
3: oh, McDevitt! All up into the web. Owen oh, McDevitt? Worldwide. The Murph and
2: Mackey for most welcome Irishman of the year goes to Owen McDevitt. Owen Owen, 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 Owen. McDevitt. From Ireland's Second Captain show.
3: All up in the interweb. Owen McDevitt. worldwide. Second captains. Those guys are like, guys are like family to me, man. Owen
4: McDevitt. This is luck. The coolest song i ever heard in my whole life. Owen McDevitt. All of you said I wouldn't make Stop it. Stop talking about Tom Finney. He said I was a
3: loser.
1: This guy is a bit of a turkey. <laughs> All
3: right. He said I was a soccer, but look at me now, all up in the interweb, Owen McDevitt, World War, The new World Federal of
4: Championship, oh, McDevitt. Owen McDevitt,
0: if you say for example the Barcelona team you worked at, is it fair to say anybody could have managed those guys? No, of course not. All right, nice chat there with Gabriele Marcotti, Ken. I, 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 like, I like to hear that Sweden-Denmark Euro 2004 got a mention. Gab seems to know. think that something might have been amiss there. The lads uh, are yeah, no well, trouble in was my studio. I had that
2: Sweden-Denmark game, and uh, it was one of the craziest games I've ever seen. Um, it, was, it was like pelting down rain. It was in that Boa Vista Stadium in Porto. Absolutely lashing rain, the whole game. Uh, it, I mean, there was crazy goals being scored. I mean, there was a brilliant goal by John Dahl Thomason, like one of those sort of uh, Luis Suarez, Jamie Vardy-type dipping volleys, you know, one of those. Um, there was d- deflected goals, crazy good penalty area scrambles. It was like there was no way that you could have planned this insane game. Uh, it just happened to go that way. And obviously, once things go a particular way, then everyone in Italy thinks it's because there's a conspiracy. Um, that may sometimes be the case, uh, but oftentimes things have just fallen that way by accident. I think that's what happened in Sweden. I mean, the, the important point about it is that this is actually a different situation. Italy can't actually stop Sweden going through, no matter what they do. Uh, apart from, you know, literally losing six or seven mil to Ireland... <laughs> That would be, and even then they actually couldn't stop Sweden going through. Sweden could get third.
0: Yeah, I forgot that Belgium would be stuck on, when I said that earlier on, yeah, I forgot Belgium would be stuck on three, worse Sweden, if Sweden beat Belgium. So if Sweden beat Belgium, I think they've taken care of their own fate anyway, and they'll be.
2: Yeah, they'll be I range. mean, I don't think I don't think Sweden could go through on two points anyway, could no. they? I mean, there, mm. there, there is a theoretical chance that that could have happened, but I don't think it can now happen.
0: Um, Maybe the Italians so, won't look quite so closely at it. Can they'll just see? They'll just hear these rumblings, and then they'll somehow. I mean, like we talk, we talk about Italian paranoia. I don't like to throw in national stereotypes all the time. But even in your chat with Gabriele Marcotti there it emerged that their manager doesn't allow some of their staff to watch the training sessions because he's yeah. so paranoid that they he's, will then leak the information. It's unbelievable.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's totally insane. Yeah. And um, they're managed by an insane man uh but you know it seems he, it seems to work <laughs> he's able to he's able to get into those players' heads they know where he's coming from with his florid mania <laughs> it's, it's uh it's just something which which suits uh, suits these Italian players to be spoken to by a man like that um but yeah i mean it, it's just it's a it's a hard one to call you know i mean is it I, I think the fact that ultimately this isn't that important a game, it, it's not an important game at all for Italy. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a contractual obligation. Uh, I think that does affect things.
0: And just to
4: be clear I mean, again,
2: that's
0: like, because uh, I was a bit confused with myself earlier uh, over the weekend. The, if you finish level on points, the technically Belgium could finish level on points with Italy, but it yeah, goes by head to can't head. They can finish ahead of them. That would go yeah. head by head to head rather than by goal difference, first of all. So just, just yeah, in case anyone is as confused yeah, as I was. By, on they Saturday. could
2: both have six points, but, um, but Belgium can't can't possibly overtake Italy, even if they beat Sweden, you know, 99-0. It still doesn't matter. This is UEFA, not FIFA. So, um, for that reason, you know, I mean, as is as saying, they are, I imagine, going to make a lot of changes, at least the booked players, um, probably the important players, who they don't want to get injured. But is the gap, is the difference between the players in the team and the players in the reserves that big, uh, talking to Marcotti, doesn't sound as though it is, and you've got guys coming into the team who are playing for a place or have a point to prove, um, you know. So, so I don't think I don't think we're we're going to be playing against a demotivated Italian team. But the fact is, you know, it's not it's not a real game as far as they're concerned. This is more or less a friendly. It doesn't really matter. Whereas for us, it's life and death. So, as long as we're not, you know, as long as they don't score like twice in the first few minutes, um. I think it's still going gonna, gonna to be an interesting game. I think the main thing is just not conceding a goal. I mean, if, if he's thinking of maybe taking Long and Huland another team, I mean, I've still been trying to process that uh, since, since you've said it to me. Maybe the idea is to use them in the last half hour of the game. Maybe um, maybe he feels they'll be more effective than the idea maybe being to keep it scoreless or, or at least not concede until the you know last 20 or 30 minutes and then really go for it. At a point at which the italians are already thinking about the next round uh maybe it's gonna work out like that i don't know but you know i don't think it's impossible by any means I mean, you know marconi really doesn't think this is, this is a great italian team at all um and their performance against belgium would seem to or sorry sweden was you know wasn't wasn't impressive by any means so uh, so I don't think we're out of it just yet, you know, we just need to just win this game and we're through I don't. I don't think winning a game is actually that absurd a standard really for qualifying for the next round of a tournament. I think, you know, you should have, you should really win a game. You need to make your bones in a tournament, uh, beat at least one team. And uh, you should have to do that in order to qualify. And uh, if we do that, we will.
4: I mean, it is the ideal scenario, isn't it, to go into a game where we need to win. You're playing against a team who are all the things you've described there, Ken. I don't have a contractual <laughs> obligation. It's a great way of describing it. Like, But it, it's that's as good a scenario as we could have expected. There is the flip side, that th- those players who do come in are totally free of any kind of pressure to, uh, to get a result. The job is already done and they can just go and play and they're playing against a team of Irish players who you'd imagine confidence is fairly low they could be lacking a couple of the better players for, for because if they're going to be brought out of the team as as Gary Doyle suggests there so I, I wouldn't be too hopeful to be honest
0: Murph I see you've got your three lines on your shirt there you've obviously looked at the permutations for tonight's games and you realise <laughs> that if England win their yep. game that helps us out quite a lot so this is Group B <clears throat> at the moment England on four points Wales and Slovakia on three and Russia on one so England winning would be very good for us. That would leave Slovakia stuck on three points. That means Actually, that means it wouldn't ha- matter what happens in the Wales game. It would mean that the ter- third place team couldn't be on more than three points. But if England don't win, then it gets a little bit more complicated. It allows Slovakia on to at least four points. And one of Wales and Russia would also end up on four points. So Do you want me to sing the <laughs> Verdi's on fire? Your defence is terrified. Yeah, we might leave it till, uh, till we go off. Okay, uh, Richie, our listeners are worried about you. They followed our progress in the... Fair, World Refugee Day Fair Play Cup yesterday. Mm. There were there were a few photographs near the end of the tournament as we progressed, as we doggedly progressed towards the uh, latter stages, ultimately being knocked out uh on not on penalties, we were knocked out 2-0, in fact, mm. <laughs> by the team from Mosny who knocked us out last year on penalties, our, our nemesis there from Mosny. They didn't see your photo in the in those later stages.
4: Yeah. Keen uh snaps, what happened? Eagle eyed people will have noticed me in some of the photos at the start, mm. not at the end. I limped out Sadly, at the, towards the end of the second game. In the first game, I injured my neck, and I thought, well, it's just my neck; I'll be fine.
3: Just my spinal cord. Yeah.
4: The second game. The neck's not connected to anything important. The second game, I in the very in the probably in the last half a minute, I I, I, I Christ, I've just done my hamstring. So, and um, thankfully, it happened in the in the, in the very last moment of that game. Because if it had happened two minutes earlier, I I, I still have this thing where I can go. I can run this off. And I would have tried to run it off to, to the point that I'd probably need a crutch to get around today. But So yeah, after the second game I went on. But I don't think I offered much yesterday in those two games. I, I, yesterday was my was my slump day mid-tournament. Everyone gets it when you cover a tournament. I heard this phrase in RT when I first started doing tournaments. You get a day where you're just knackered. Things just catch up in you. And yesterday was that day. So I don't think I offered anything on the pitch at all. What do you, know? you what Well, you did. You offered Stephen Hunt, who you brought along. And who performed? Yeah, and we
0: in thank for us. you for that. We really. Thank you for that. I, I did bring food. too yeah. you missed yeah, the, You risk. missed the Stephen yeah. Hunt Murph dynamic developing through
4: the tournament. It was oh, you, quite say, you say to I missed out. it, but I've heard a lot about oh, it. jeez yeah. Murph has a pains to to text and tweet me and to <laughs> tell me here when I came in this, <laughs> of his statistics. Yeah, <laughs> one game and goal, clean sheet. Four games up front, four goals.
3: Wow listen. You know, well the yeah. numbers don't lie. The, the, the stats but don't it, lie. it wasn't
4: a total wasted trip for me. I got I got to meet the president yesterday. Michael o was there, and I I knew he was there. So I heard him from a distance being announced, and I saw obviously because of where the crowd was, where he where he would be. And myself and Hunty were walking back I think to all you at one point, and just out of the corner of my eye, he waved at me, <laughs> and I kind, of, I kind of just waved back. And then I had this thing of going, does that mean I go over to him or not? <sighs> because I didn't want to. He was sitting there with a person left and right of him, so I didn't want to go over if he wasn't summoning me to go. And then one of his handlers, who were standing behind him, kind of ushered me over. So I went over and I had this horrible, like, like three seconds. I go, "How do I address this man? What's the protocol?" Because then I, I would, watch the West You're Wing? Great. And it's Mr. President over there, but I, I had a feeling it wasn't that here. And I had all these options: Is it President, Mr. Pet, Your Excellency? What is it? And I just bottled and I just. Ah, how are you doing? You well. Went for the high five, and, and, and then and, and then shook his hand, and then he went in my head. it's has Did you really just greet the president? <laughs> <laughs> there was how a you doing? Okay. Are you well. It was a brilliant interview. Liam Mackey did in the Examiner. With sorry again.
2: No, no, sorry, I was just I was talking to myself. No, that's
0: okay, it's right uh, With Michael D. Higgins about his love of football, love of sport and all these kind of things. And uh, there was a selfie in the dressing room after Ireland qualified against Bosnia The Johnny Walters took with a couple of players and Michael Dietz. Absolutely brilliant photograph. Uh, and Mackie asked him about that in this interview and he said, yeah, to be honest, I'm not actually supposed to just jump into selfies. I'm, I'm sort of the president. <laughs> but, you know, we just qualified for Euro <clears throat> 2016. He's so.
4: heading over to the Italy game. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he was telling me when I was chatting to the president yeah. yesterday. So he's in good form. He yeah, was. He came buddy. over. With, and, and, and it's that mm-hmm. thing do you know when you meet someone who, who obviously you don't know at all? And it's this kind of just you're in chit chat mode, which, which can be fine. But it was total silence. And there was this whole group of people around us. And he's felt really self conscious mm-hmm. that don't say anything stupid here. <laughs> <laughs> I got through it without huge any massive faux pads. anyway
0: that was all organised by SARI Sport Against Racism Ireland and the UN High Commission for Refugees Ireland unh get yourself right for next year Richie we'll finally finally get past those Mosley boys and win the tournament <laughs> next year but
3: uh, you know bring, bring Duffer next year That's uh, <laughs> basically
0: what we, we had say. an immediate and Hunt yeah Duffer Hunt and, Hull Duffer. Hull and maybe Richie, Richie Dunn if you're in
4: touch yeah. with him Duffer was on for it but he went to Bordeaux for the <laughs> game so he was unavailable. Well, don't remind, yeah.
0: That might have started annoying people. Honest, people were very happy to play against a team at Richie and it and with Stephen Hunt in it. I think they enjoyed playing against professional footballers. But if our entire team was professional footballers, I think that might start annoying. <laughs> well, annoying we're just trying to doing. add a little we bit of glitz and glamour. We know? might win the tournament. No, but then what if we lost the tournament? That'd be even more embarrassing well, with you know yeah. six professional players. doing not if I handle that. All right. Thanks very much, Ken, there in Paris.
2: Thanks,
3: Owen.
0: Thanks very much, Murph and Richie in Dublin. Thanks Richie, thanks Owen, thanks Ken. Cheers lads. If thanks you want here, to, man. if you want to hear us pouring over that defeat against Belgium in even more detail, we had a podcast out yesterday on Sunday. We came in and we came in on Sunday morning. There. So I mean, to be honest, oh, we I would you like gonna, you to, I to you were listen. are
2: going to say pouring over that. Uh of the tournament that you're going to do a special... We're also going to do a special yeah, yeah. Sari yeah. uh, Sporting just against Races in Maryland. To uh, explain it's going to just be you talking for... Uh, yeah. yeah,
3: that, that sounds good. Hours. Like, Mark all four of my goals were set up by Irish internationals and I was no more than a yard out for any of them. But hey, listen, I'll, I'll take mean, a it, more... Look, okay, remember, seriously, seriously, describe your best goal. Oh, I was actually the one that Richie put in the play for me. It was very York and Cole-esque, to be honest. Richie right. powers down the right wing. Uh, I... Little zigzag run So I go to the fire post
0: That was Hunt ho- who set that up No,
3: no, this is the first In the first game Alright, oh, Hunt hadn't At this pass yeah. My apologies, So <laughs> uh, I go, I go <laughs> to the fire post moment. Go to the fire post And then just fake my run Little zigzag run Olivier job oh Back to the near post oh, God. Richie oh. slides it across I mean, I'm a foot out uh, This is my best goal, Ken So, I mean, give me this, yeah. will you? Yeah,
2: yeah One <laughs> foot out And the ball comes across And you're tapping in Like Olivier Giroud
3: Yeah, well, I kind of Yeah yeah, I blasted. incredibly close lot, to the actually. crossbar, actually, but nevertheless, you remind me. I, you, I remind you of Olivier Giroud.
2: You remind me a lot of Olivier
3: Giroud. I'll, I'll take that. Hey, you know we're still. i well, we'll you take a variety You know, variety this podcast is still recording here, guys. Eh? Yeah, we all uh, say goodbye about three minutes yeah. ago.
4: Goodbye, everybody. See you. Goodbye. take care. You. is that? It's the second time it's gone off. They never go
1: home. They never go home. They never go home. Does does.